1: Welcome back for our number two of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina along with uh, George Kurtz, Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince, uh, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Galina. Follow this guy over here at uh, George Kurtz, K U R T Z. Uh, Talking a little uh, baseball. Talk a little bit uh, about a lot about uh, fantasy uh, football as well. Uh, good stuff here. Uh, did, just set aside. Did you see George, uh, You know that their Sylvester Stallone is in the process oh, of writing uh, 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 Rocky Seven. <laughs> Let, <laughs> you know, it, die. Thought- Let <laughs> it die. Let it die. Well, you know, Mad Magazine is dying, but the but the concept of having a Rocky Seven is something that you know probably would have been on the cover of Mad Magazine as a goof. <laughs> but uh, you know, you had uh, you know the the first four Rockies, the, the, the Rocky Four was Rocky fighting uh, Dolph Lundgren's uh, Russian you know, boxer. Rocky Five, um, by most Rocky fans, was the worst Rocky movie. And then uh, you had, uh, I think it was called Rocky Balboa, which was technically Rocky 6, which was a good movie, actually, surprisingly good. And then you had the two Creed movies, Creed and Creed 2, which weren't bad, to tell you the truth. But now, uh, Rocky 7, I think he befriends a. uh, undocumented uh, person, you know, somebody who's having problems getting into the country or getting his family back into, into the country. So he's, he's delving into to current events. And, uh, you know, throughout these movies, Rocky Balboa, the character, has all of a sudden become this sage uh, guy who just has the answers to all of the uh, world's problems. Well, now that you define the movie, I don't need to go see it. So even better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are your Give me like One or two of your Favorite all time movies George uh, I'm a Jaws Star
2: Wars Rays of the Lost Die Hard mm-hmm. The Weapon mm-hmm. I mean uh, Airplane Caddyshack uh, Pulp Fiction Few Good Men mm-hmm. Usual Suspects
1: yeah, I can go on and on Right right Yeah I mean I, I, I agree with most of Most of those Yeah yeah yeah, that's right Rambo the original
2: uh, I thought the first uh, couple were good the first uh, two yeah. uh, three first got a little, blood uh, and then kind of ridiculous first blood was friend you know I was that was the, that's a good movie you know it's just mm-hmm. a uh, good movie to see mm-hmm. that uh the Bournes I thought were good uh I certainly enjoyed those
1: mm-hmm. uh might have enjoyed a Steven Seagal flick or two. Uh, mm-hmm. as far as that's Yeah, concerned. they're fun more than anything, the, the, those kind of movies. The Steven Seagal flicks from the, the 80s and early 90s, I guess. What, favorite sports movie? Favorite
2: sports movie. It's my favorite baseball movie probably Major League, although Natural would certainly have to be up there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Field of Dreams, certainly there. But mm-hmm. uh, Major League would be my number one. I just thought that was a uh, fantastic movie. Uh, football movie is probably The Longest Yard. Uh, Burt Reynolds, once again that's back. The Burt in, Reynolds right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh hockey,
2: Adam Sandler I, he made
1: it. <laughs> yeah, no.
2: I prefer Slapshot? actually I prefer Youngblood over Slapshot. i uh, mm-hmm. I like Slapshot, but I I think Youngblood's uh, I prefer I just prefer that over a uh, Slapshot. Uh, I think Slapshot mm-hmm. can get very as very slow at times. I think we all love you know the brothers, the handsome brothers when they when they get involved there and mm-hmm. seeing what they do. They they steal mm-hmm. the, the movie. But other than that, I think the movie's kinda slow. And uh, mm-hmm. dull outside of that. And even though I am a Paul Newman fan, uh, but uh, yeah, that's just what I think. I, I prefer Youngblood over that. Uh, my favorite golf movie is by far is Caddyshack, and Caddyshack may be my favorite sports movie if you, could, if you consider that a sports movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's about
1: golf, but really not. A, uh, but that'd be my favorite sports-related movie mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, I'll just bring up a couple of movies just outside the sports genre. Obviously, you know the The Godfather, because I'm in. You, know, you can't be italian and not put uh, godfather towards the top right but uh, oh, good fellows you know, have to be up there yeah yeah uh, even the, you know you mentioned star wars i, I love the star wars movies but uh, i'm a star trek fan as well i love rat the khan uh, uh, back Rathacon. in the day, Super- oh yeah and, uh, superman 2 uh, i liked a lot if you go way back game? yeah planet of the apes the original planet of the apes i don't, I don't know if you've nah, ever seen it but not a planet of the apes fan Okay. I'm a, I'm a big Planet of the Apes guy. George Side, Side Adventure? Said, uh, <laughs> that, that's not bad, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention Rudy as a football movie. Are you a Rudy fan? No, no. No, no? Th- no, wasn't big on Rudy. Sorry. Yeah. And then if if you go way back, way, way back, The Pride of the Yankees with Gary Cooper, the, that's the, the Lou Gehrig story? Sure, but I wouldn't put that as one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so, you know, good stuff. Shawshank so, yeah, so Redemption. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I mean, that you would just, have to be there. We could just do three hours on, on great movies, right?
2: Oh, easily. I mean, uh, I, listen, I have like, I don't know, six, seven hundred DVDs in my uh, man cave here. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I, I, I like watching flicks. When I'm, generally, when I'm working in the background, I have a movie on. You know, I mean, great granted you're probably not paying attention to it because you're working, but I like hearing the old line. I can watch a, a movie that I like. I can watch it over and over and over again. I have no
1: problem doing that. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, there are certain uh, movies that you just stop on, right? You, you're looking in the guide, and all of a sudden, this is on, and, uh, you know, like a particular movie, and you just have to stop on it, you know? Like, you know, Jaws is one of them, you know? Uh, you, you mentioned the the original Star Wars and stuff. There are just certain movies that you just, if they're on, you just, no matter if it started an hour ago, that you just have to just click on and just, you know, sit there and watch. So there's, there's a few of them, so. And last night, and then we're going to get to, I want to talk a little bit about the Seahawks in a second, but last night uh, I started doing a little show prep, and we were home, and and so my wife is playing with the guy. Oh, the way we were is on. I had never seen the way we were. That's with Robert Redford and uh, Barbara Streisand. So, yeah, after a while, I sat and watched it with her. You know, I said, what's what's the big deal about this movie? It was okay, <laughs> you know. But there are certain oh, movies that I've just have, it have it, Yeah, they just have this uh, reputation. Then you sit and you watch it like. What the heck is the big deal? But anyway, so let's uh, get back to the, the little uh, fantasy football talk and uh, talk about the, the Seahawks. How about the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks backfield? Seattle uh, ran the ball over 52% of the time last season, uh, most in the NFL, and uh, I think they're going to be another run-heavy team uh, this season. And so we, Chris Carson uh, was uh, – you know, the main guy, but, you know, Mike Mike Davis is gone now. Uh, Rashad Penny, second year back. Uh, Pete Carroll uh, basically not hung up on declaring one of these guys the number one or two back. Uh, do you, what do you think about the the the, the share of carries that uh, might go on between Chris Carson and Rashad Penny this season? Well, I think it's going to be annoying. <laughs> if you're a fan, I think it's going to be annoying.
2: It so really eliminates either one from being a running back, too. Now They're both in running back three category. Uh, if you're asking me, yes, I'd prefer Carson over Penny, but not by leaps and bounds. I mean, I think right now I have Carson ranked 26, and uh, Penny is also in that tier, uh, that running back three tier. Of, I think I have 35, so there sure is a nine-gap sl- uh, nine separation there, but they're both running back threes. They're going to be weeks mm-hmm. where it may be a Carson week and weeks where it may be a Penny week, and that's annoying. It's extremely annoying. Uh, I think Penny also could gain ground here. Uh, Penny had some problems early on last year. Had the injury in camp, and then Carson came on. And I also, you know, I know Seattle wants to run the ball. You know, they want to sort of uh, kill the clock, keep that defense off the field as much as possible. But the, the best player on your team is Russell Wilson. And I, I'll mm-hmm. say this over, you know, you look at that playoff game against Dallas last year. The, all they wanted to do was run the ball, and Dallas knew exactly what they were going to do, shut down the run, and look like they would have an easy win. And then in the second hit, they realized, oh, maybe we should throw the ball and give the ball, put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. You know, our best player. And when they did that, all of a sudden, they were a completely different offense that was moving the ball up and down the field. You know, mm-hmm. so I just, I just find it strange that in this day and age of football, you're taking the ball out of your best player's hands, and Russell Wilson is their best player. But it's, it's also why I've dropped Russell Wilson in my rankings because he's, he's just not going to throw the ball enough. I don't think he's a quarterback one this year for that reason. Has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. I think he's great, but. Their offensive philosophy is, in my mind, a little backwards here. You know, this is not like the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, where he's not as good as Will. So, yeah, you want to run the ball to keep the ball out of Dak's hand somewhat. And you only, only throw when you have to. Russell Wilson needs to be throwing the ball more often here. I know you don't have playmakers on offense as far as receivers are concerned. But whose fault is that? You don't draft them. You don't uh, try and sign these guys, and you wonder why you're going to you – know, sort of going to battle here with the, the likes of Tyler Lockett, who I like, but he's a wide receiver too. D.K. Metcalf, who you only drafted because he fell to the third round. You know, David Moore, Gary Jennings, your tight ends of Will Distley, Nick – I mean, Nick Bennett. There's nobody there for Russell Wilson, which is why they have, they really do have to run the ball here. But I think they're making a mistake here, not building
1: around Wilson. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean it... – Great points that you bring up, and uh, it will be interesting to see how this shakes down with Carson and Penny. Penny supposedly, and I know that this is being said all over the place, but he's in the best shape of his life. Dropped 15 pounds, (laughs) you know, uh, his last seven games last season, 6.43 yards per carry. I think pass blocking is going to be huge for uh, Penny, too, to gain playing time, as it is for every young running back, no? It's usually the the, the main thing, right?
2: Mm -hmm. If you can pass block, if you can pick up that blitz on third down— you play if you can't Mm -hmm. you don't it's that simple that's why young running backs get the uh, will play sooner and make more of an impact than let's say a wide receiver because there's only two things for a young running back to do can you hit the hole which obviously you can you know that's why you're a running back and can you pick up that blitz on third down Mm yeah if you can do that you're going to play Receivers, there's so much more into it. You have, to, you have to know a much bigger part of the playbook, be the hot receiver, have the trust in your quarterback, blah, 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 and catch the ball, which is also important, which some receivers can't seem to be able to do. So uh, that's all you have to do there as far as the running back is concerned. So, uh, and picking up that blitz is so important, so important. Mm-hmm. You cannot get your quarterback killed.
1: Especially uh, with how the uh, Seahawks' offensive line has played over the, the recent uh, years, too, is such a, a big uh, part uh, of the game, so uh, so you mentioned Tyler Lockett to you uh, overall in fantasy. You know he breaks the the wide receiver two for you, uh, but uh, you know no, obviously you know when it comes to the Seahawks, uh, Doug Baldwin retired, uh, and uh, you know they drafted uh, DK Metcalf uh, too. Uh, so uh, you know what do you think about uh, Lockett like last season? Fifty seven catches, just under a thousand yards receiving 10 Tds yeah, and we talked about this yesterday touchdowns are tough to predict but you would think he's gonna you know get north of I don't know maybe seven seven eight or so um, and, and what do you think about also you know what do you think about uh, DK Metcalf you know rookie wide receivers so tough to uh, to predict what they're gonna you know how they're gonna produce
2: well I don't think much of DK Metcalf uh, as far as fantasy is concerned. I think uh, once again, the only way you're going to get production out of him is touchdowns. They're not mm-hmm. going to throw the ball enough for him to really take advantage. But if he can be that, you know, that tall guy in the end zone that uh, Russell Wilson is going to flip the ball up to, then you could have mm-hmm. something there. But there are going to be weeks where he's just, you know, two catches, 27 yards, and he did nothing. Uh, Lockett, I like. You know, because I have a mm-hmm. low-end running, uh, low end wide receiver, too, here. Lockett's in that same uh, tier for me as with guys like Sammy Watkins, Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, uh, Ridley, all guys, Landry, I put in here, all guys that have upside, you know, that could be bigger than this if they throw the balls a little bit more. He just misses mm-hmm. the uh, the tier with like Chris Godwin's and Cooper Cups. I have them one tier lower uh, than that. But I think all these guys here that I put in this, uh, in this tier for me all have upside here. I mean, once again, Lockett, I, if, if they had an, and obviously they were to throw the ball a normal amount of times so or more than what they're going to do, I'd have them even up even further. Because, once again, Mm -hmm. I think think he's a solid wide receiver, but I think Russell Wilson is that good. He'd get him the ball. And I like like Tyler Lockett's speed to get deep. I just don't think they'll take advantage of that. You know, Watkins Mm -hmm. I had higher until Tyreek Hill came back. Uh, Tyler Boyd I I like. Once again, uh, low-end wide receiver too. Uh, Assuming, once again, A.J. Green's healthy. Calvin Ridley, guy with upside here. Jarvis Landry. I'm curious. I don't know what to think about Landry because he's a guy we used to love in PPR leagues. But how much yeah. is Odo Beckham going to take uh, away those catches now? Plus, you got so many guys who need the, who need the ball there. Beckham needs mm-hmm. the ball. Landry needs the ball. Chubb needs the ball. Najoku needs the ball. You know, a lot of mouths to feed there. We love this offense, mm-hmm. but it may be hard to keep everybody happy and to keep all all fantasy owners happy with this kind of production. I might move Mike Williams into this tier as well. Same thing. Now that's uh, almost at San Diego, but I didn't. Now if the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Chargers don't aren't likely to have Melvin Gordon for a little while, they might throw the ball more, which would help
1: Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good point about Jarvis Landry, who was a perennial 90-plus catch guy. You know, uh, you know, before last season. So, it'd be interesting to see how that uh, distribution goes uh, with the Browns. But uh, sticking with the Seahawks for a minute or two, uh, over/under for them is eight and a half. You know, I'm looking at their schedule. I, you know, kind of quickly uh, did a little thing. Uh, you know, in my head, I can see the uh, winning. 10 games the season, and uh, you're taking that wow. that over. No? Uh, I mean, wow, look, yeah, they, they open up. They I open up Scott against, Engel was a Seahawks bandwagon guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on that list, too. <laughs> well, take a look at their schedule. I mean, they open up at home against Cincinnati. That's a win, right? Uh, okay. You know, then uh, then they're, they're at Pittsburgh, so uh, that's a loss, right? Lost Pittsburgh, uh, lost the Walls. You give Arizona a
2: win, L.A. a loss. Yeah. Uh, so that's two and three at Cleveland, uh, two and f- uh, two and two, two and three, two and four. Baltimore's no gimme, but it's in Seattle. Give them a win there. So you're three and mm-hmm. four. Atlanta's already three and five. Uh, Tampa and San- at San Fran. Uh, I'll give him one win, one loss. Four and six at Philadelphia. Four and seven. Minnesota four and eight. At Los Angeles, I mean, uh, this is not a good team. They're gonna have some problems here. Ten wins would be a miracle for Seattle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I
0: guess Vegas. Vegas has this bit- one right.
2: Hmm. So you would take probably, the. I, I am right around. I had no. I wouldn't bet this. I am right around eight. Okay. And eight. Stay away. But from if it. you forced me to, if you said I had to bet, I would take the younger. Mm-hmm. I don't think this team's right. all that good. You know, I think. Uh, I. I I don't, think they'll give it the, I don't think they'll put it in Russell Wilson's hands until they have to. I think by then it might mm-hmm. be too late when they realize they made a mistake. I do like the end of their schedule. You know, right. Playing at Carolina, Arizona, and San Fran at home, that's a nice closing mm-hmm. if you need to win those three games. Right, but right, their, right. their schedule is not easy. They're going to have some issues here. And this is not the Seattle Seahawks of old. The defense is nowhere near what it used to be. And the offense, you know, it's, it's just not there. They win because of uh, Russell Wilson. when They uh, let him play. and Carroll still a good head coach, regardless of what Earl Thomas thinks. But uh, actually, I think this is an eight and eight, seven
1: and nine team. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I need to redo this again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when we come back, continue. Uh, Break it down. Uh, some backfield. How about the. The Broncos' backfield, George. We'll talk a little uh, Philip Lindsay versus Royce Freeman when we come back. Weekend fantasy update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Watch Radio Network. Weekend fantasy out there. Look, the cure, right, uh, Sean? That is correct. There you go. George Kurtz uh, joining me, too. What's happening there, George? Hanging in there? I'm hanging Wages in there. coming up? Yeah, yesterday was, yesterday was a good day. Yesterday mm-hmm. was a good day. This has
2: been a much better week for... Uh well, it's been a much better week for me. I think it's been a, be- a better week for Cam as well. Uh, so uh, let's hope we keep mm-hmm. it up today. Uh, sun- Sunday's always tough because, and you know, that baseball Baseball Sunday's weird because a lot of players sit Sundays. They take the day off. There's
1: Especially a, the catchers, a
2: travel yeah. day. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a travel day, so players are, you know, teams are looking forward to getting out, and maybe they're not playing their best players or they're not players aren't completely in the game. So Sunday's always a, uh, a tougher day as far as the betting slate is concerned.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you're talking a little baseball. There was a, a trade yesterday, right? There was. Uh, and Orleans, be, maybe, uh,
2: more trades as the days come on. Yeah, the Marlins trade, Uh Minnesota had to get some help here. Romo's not enough, by the way. If they think Romo's the cure to their problems, uh, I got news for them. Uh, he's not. But they had to do something. I mean, my mm-hmm. God, uh, that bullpen, uh, at the whole starting staff, uh, the whole staff in general, forget the starters, forget the bullpen. Everybody sucked. And that Yankee series earlier in the week, that was a joke. I mean, uh, on both sides, uh, for the Yankees, those are the starters more than their relievers. Uh, they had to do something. They went sort of the, I mean, as there are a lot of names out there in closes that might be dealt. Romo was certainly one of them, but he was more of a second, third tier. So they didn't pay up for someone like a creates. Uh, Edwin Diaz is out there. You know, they went for you know second, third tier uh, of Romo to help, but he's not the answer. And Minnesota Twins are feeling a lot of pressure right now. They they had an eleven game lead over Cleveland. Think about it. That lead was blown real quick. Real Mm -hmm. quick. You know, all of a sudden it's down to one now. And Cleveland looks uh, uh, pretty good. They're doing this without Kluber and uh, Carrasco. And both those guys are uh, pitching. (laughs) You know, they're they're going to come back. I think Carrasco's Mm -hmm. back mid-August. Kluber probably late August. I think Cleveland will do something by the deadline as well to add to their offense. You know, whether mm-hmm. well, whether that means Trevor Bauer has to go and they get a big piece, or a, a, a little piece, a smaller piece, they're going to do something. So Minnesota is definitely feeling the pressure right now because I'm telling you, Joe, if they don't make the playoffs, you know, if they were to stumble and don't win the division, they don't even win the wild
1: card. Yikes! I don't want to know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, that fan <laughs> base is going to be pissed. Yes, yes. Uh, so who, who's out there in terms of, like, offense? I hear that uh, Yasiel Puig, uh, Reds are going to be sellers not only from uh, a pitching perspective, but uh, uh, Yasiel Puig could be on the move, or maybe even uh, Scooter Jeanette. Any other places? you
2: Any other, one? Any other teams that might uh, yeah, be any other sellers teams? here?
1: Yeah, yeah, in terms is of offense. Is that where
2: we're going? All right, yeah, yeah. offense is Offensively, it's going to be a little tougher to find than pitching. Now, pitching seems to be more out there. But the good news is, you the Cincinnati; they're now sellers. All right, mm-hmm. so now you could find some players. Scooter uh, Jeanette, yes, I think he could be had. But then again, he's not doing anything. You know, are, <laughs> right. are you going to trade? How much would you trade for somebody who's literally not doing anything? He hasn't hit since he came back. Uh, granted, it's mm-hmm. this is pretty much still his spring training. You know, he hasn't been back that long, but he's not doing anything. So I don't know yeah. if, uh, anyway, team, if any team believes he's going to be there. He's going to save them. We've heard no more Mazzara's name out there for Texas, that they would sell him. But once again, a guy who's never really lived up to his promise. So maybe a new, uh, maybe dog organization thinks, okay, change the scenery. And I kind of buy that with certain players. But then again, you're also lo- having a guy who's leaving Texas. One of the best ballparks to hit in the majors to go to your ballpark, depending on where he would end up. Maybe your ballpark's not too good to hit in. You know, you think he's going to mm-hmm. turn around with you? All right, good luck with that. might work. It might not. You know, we know Toronto would sell just about anybody right now, but they don't have too many hitters to give you. They are more on the mm-hmm. Stroman and Ken Giles dealing these guys. Maybe Daniel Hudson in the bullpen. Oilers are sort of the same thing. Who do you want for them on offense as far as guys who will sell? Kansas City Royals, same thing. Not really you know, anybody there. Detroit Tigers. How about Castellanos? Yeah, He could help a team. Yeah. He mm-hmm. could help a team, and I think he can be had. And I also wonder— you know, is he trying to? Is he trying to facilitate his way out of the uh, organization? Remember, he criticized Comerica Park. I think it was even earlier this week or last week by you know saying how ridiculous it is in center field, which it is, it's a joke. You know, the ballpark's nine thousand feet to center field, and he criticized it. So I always wonder when players do that, is he doing that to try and get out of there? You know, and saying I oh, yeah, I want out, uh, that sort of thing. Down there, Seattle will trade things. Anything that's not nailed down, Seattle will trade. But once again, not a lot there for them to deal. You know, we know. Th- Are the Mets dealers or are they not dealers? You know, and and even if they are dealers, it's really about the pitching. Syndergaard and Wheeler, maybe Diaz. What hitters do you want in that team that are available? Todd Frazier. (laughs) Frazier's one. Frazier is one. He's he's a Mm -hmm. legit one, but then again, Mm -hmm. do you need a third baseman? It's the only position he can really play. Third base, maybe some first base, but you really don't want that. And his defense is not good. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a negative there. So you gotta keep that in mind there. Miami, same thing. You can have Stalin Castro. Oh, you can have him for a bag of balls if you want him, but you gotta eat that contract. And anybody else, you know, if you want the uh, Neil Walkers of the world, Curtis Grandisons, maybe some good bench players, but not really good starters for you. So I don't know if Puig is gonna be dealt by Cincinnati. I haven't really heard his name out there. He's having a very good year for Cincinnati. And if he's got if he get to get dealt again, I mean if I'm an acquiring team, you know it has to be because of his personality. And he mm-hmm. rubs people the wrong way. He does some dumb things on the baseball field. He's not the smartest baseball player out there. So uh, you make sure you wonder about that. And can he, is he having a good year because he's playing Cincinnati? Well, another fantastic ballpark to hit in. You know, so I'd have to wonder about that. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, mm-hmm. once again, I think they, would, they know their sellers now. But what's available? You're not getting Josh Bell. You're not getting Starling Marte. So what's available for you to take from that team? So you look at that. San Diego Padres, Maybe I've heard Dickerson. they will deal Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a terrible year, too. Uh, The San Diego Padres will deal one of their outfielders. Uh, They're they're willing to deal it. And uh, so, okay, Renfro, Reyes, maybe make uh, Marjo. You know, depending on which guy you like there. You can make some offers there. We've heard Charlie Blackman's name come up all of a sudden. That Mm -hmm. the Rockies would sell him. That's interesting. Might be the best name on the market. It'll come down to do you believe that he's a course Field guy or can he hit outside of course Field? D.J. LeMahieu for the Yankees has proven he can hit outside of course Field. Maybe Blackman can too. And the St. Louis Cardinals probably for a first-place team. Now, this is before they had they, they went on this big run, the Cardinals now, but they've said they would trade one of their young outfielders. They've also put Carlos Martinez out on the uh, on a trade deadline earlier this week, which I found really strange. He's your closer right now for a first-place team. You know, what, mm-hmm. are you you know, what are you saying there? What are you saying when you put out that guy? So I found that interesting as well. It's been a slow deadline so far. I mean, it's July twenty eighth. Remember, the reason why baseball— one of—I shouldn't say the the reason. One of the reasons why baseball decided to move to get rid of the uh, the waiver deadline was because they wanted more deals in July. You know, more action. Mm -hmm. And it's not happening. We have a lot of talk, but no deals are happening. Now, this could be one of those strange years because so many teams are still in it that there aren't that many sellers. Or it could be that you know they didn't solve the problem. All these teams are still waiting for the last minute to try and get
1: the best deal possible yeah yeah and uh, you bring up blackman whether or not you believe that he's you know a coarse field kind of guy i gotta say looking over his stats over the last couple of years this year's he's batting 415 at home 248 on the road last season batted uh, 334 at home 249 on the road so yeah <laughs> he's a coarse field guy uh but uh, you brought up some interesting names there uh a guy that got Delton, uh, you, you're, you're our closer guru, uh, uh, and I'll just bring up Craig Kimbrell, who uh, kind of uh, had a uh, bad outing yesterday, but he'd been pretty, pitching pretty poorly since he came back. 6.75 uh, ERA and uh, gave up three runs yesterday uh, to the Brewers. Kind of had a bad outing. That outing was devastating. I mean, uh, the Cubs aren't
2: playing well. You're playing the Brewers, and to give up the uh, what the game-tying yeah. a home run to Yelich and then the game-winner to Hur a couple of uh, batters later, yeah. that was devastating. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. devastating for uh, the Cubs there. Uh, hey, you know, maybe the Red Sox knew something when they didn't mm-hmm. want to re- re- resign for the big money he wanted. He didn't pitch very well last year, especially at the second half of last year. He wasn't used in the playoffs. It was Chris Sale who kept coming out of the bullpen to save uh, the Red Sox bacon there, not Kerry mm-hmm. Kimbrell. He's not the same pitcher he was. That's why teams were sort of laughing when he wanted a six-year, $100 million deal in the office. That's what he wanted. And he was like, yeah, good luck with that. No one was signing him for that. You know, and it's been – he's been called up now for what? About three weeks. And he should be back on par now if he's, fi- if he's fine. If he's about to carry Kimball mm-hmm. the bowl, he should be fine, and he's not. Mm-hmm. Still throwing hard. Which you know, it's not velocity that these relievers lose. It's location. You know, he doesn't know where the ball's going. And a lot of times it's right mm-hmm. there in the zone. It's saying, hit me, hit me, hit me. You know, and, they, and these guys are hitting him. So, yeah, he struggled. But yesterday's loss, well, uh, that, was, that one had to hurt. That one definitely yes. had to hurt as they are uh, up struggling right now. And they're another team that really mm-hmm. needs to make a move. But uh, their big move may have been signing Kimbrell. They may not have another move
1: in them. Right, right, right. Uh, how about, uh, the night that, uh, Will Smith, not the actor, but the Dodgers catcher had last night, three for three, two doubles, a home run, six runs batted in, uh, according to the LA times, uh, they think that he could be, uh, you know, getting regular bats going forward, uh, where, uh, you know, Austin Barnes, uh, had been the, uh, Dodgers primary catcher, but it looks like Will Smith, uh, you know, could be the guy going forward. Any interest in him off of, uh, the waiver wire? Well, they sent down Barnes. So uh, yeah, the,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think to uh, say, say Will Smith's going to be a regular catcher for a little bit. Uh, that being said, he's
1: not a, a pro, uh, he wasn't really a true prospect from the Dodgers. Sort of a guy came out of nowhere mm. here. Yeah, uh, two forty three uh, batting average in the minors. So yeah, I was a little surprised to see he was that low. This is guys that probably the definition of he's hot. He's just mm.
2: hot. He got hot in the minors, and Barnes was playing so poorly that the Dodgers said, okay, let's make the change. You know, that sort of thing here. Now, as far as am I picking him up or fab tonight, if you're in a two-catcher league, absolutely. It's a, a Dodger catcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. We all, I mean, two-catcher leagues are psychotic. It's 24 catches you need in a 12-team league. It's only 30 teams. There aren't 24 catches to go around. They're just on here. So, yes, I have interest in those two-catcher mm-hmm. leagues. Now, if you're asking me, do I think he's going to keep this up for the rest of the season? Probably not. Mm-hmm. This probably is, once again, the continuation of the hot streak. I don't think this is a guy that's going to be great all of a sudden. Uh... I don't think so. Could be wrong. Catches, once again, take longer to develop than any other position in baseball, so uh, offensive position that is. So it could be that he's just uh, coming into his own now. But like I said, this is not the Dodgers have a loaded farm system. But this is not one of the guys they thought was the next big thing. Yeah, you know, right, it's just working right. out for them right now. The Dodgers' pro- uh, top prospect is Gavin Lux, who, by the way, the Dodgers have announced will not come up. To replace Enrique Hernandez, who was expected to be placed on the DL, uh, pretty much any any time now. I'm a little surprised he was placed on a DL at all. But the Dodgers did come out and announce that it won't be Gavin Lux replacing him. Gavin Lux is their top prospect. mm
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh Let's uh, go around uh, the league. A couple guys here. How about uh, Yoan Moncada hit his twentieth home run yesterday for the White Sox? Uh, he finally seems to uh, be playing up to his potential uh, through uh, ninety-five games last year. Uh, 230, 13 home runs, forty-three runs batted in, this season. Also through ninety-five games, his average up sixty-five points. Two ninety-five, like I mentioned, twenty home runs, fifty-nine runs batted in. Has dropped the K rate from thirty-three point four last season to twenty-seven point four this season. You think he's finally figured figured it it uh, figured it out, George? <laughs> Going forward, it certainly looks that way.
2: You know, he's finally figured out how to hit major league pitching. I mean, some of it was unfair. I mean, when he was acquired, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and uh, they may have rushed him a little bit, that sort of thing. But yeah, he looks he looks good. Uh, it looks like he could finally hit. Defenses can certainly be a work in progress at times with him. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I think he is the real deal there at second base. Uh, hits in a beautiful ballpark to hit in, in Chicago. Ball fly, Once the weather gets nice, the ball flies out of there. So uh, I think he's legit. I don't think that changes. If you're looking to acquire him down for uh,
1: the stretch in your fantasy league, I have no issues with it. I would look to acquire him as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Goldschmidt hit his uh, another home run yesterday. Six straight now uh, 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 for Goldschmidt. Six straight games with a home run. Overall numbers, 256, 24 home runs, 57 runs added in. Uh, Comfortable with him going the rest of the way, obviously? Yeah, I think once again, it
2: may... You know, when guys who are traded from one team to the next, I think we forget that these guys are human beings. It takes a while to adjust. New city, you know, where am I going to stay? Where am I going to live? How's my family? Where am I going to eat? That sort of thing. It could take a couple of months. And then Goldsmith may finally be settling in here. So uh, we hope, right, six home runs in six games. You think he's settling in. Certainly sounds good. Cardinals didn't win yesterday. Uh, Gary Cole pitched the gem other than the home run by Goldsmith. But, uh,
1: yeah, it looks like he's settling in. Cardinals are first place. Things are going their way right now. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, you talked about the uh, the Indians and how they've cut this lead down to one game uh, from the Twins. And uh, just looking at uh, some of their offense over the past two weeks. And uh, we kind of mentioned that uh, Jose Ramirez getting hot uh, when you look at what he's done over the past couple of weeks, batting 373. Uh, he's got five home runs, uh, three stolen bases. The stolen bases weren't the issue early on, you know, but uh, he's really coming on. Uh, of course, Francisco Lindor, uh, what's he? Uh, he's batting three fifty nine over the past couple weeks, and uh, Oscar Mercado keeps on hitting the ball right. He's batting three sixty four over the past couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, Indians looking to replenish that offense, but uh, getting some production from uh, some of their guys the past couple weeks. Yeah, Mercado
2: seems to have uh, triggered this. Well, uh, he was a, a key for them, they they brought him up, and now he's been hitting a ton. Uh, Ramirez looks like he's back to the player he was. I don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody can explain what happened to him early on. Maybe it's a personal issue going on, one of those things mm-hmm. that uh, it just took a while to figure out. Whatever it might be, but he looks back to being that player. If you acquired him, you know, if the the guy Ramirez got, uh, got sick and tired, of him, which I really don't blame him, by the way, and they traded him, and you acquired him. Boy, that's looking like you make you make it your first pick now. You know, you may get yeah, him back, yeah. and he looks good. He looks at like being that player. Indians are hitting well. I still think they acquire another offensive piece by Wednesday. You know, I think yeah. the—I don't know how big of it is. I think if they trade Bauer, I think it'll be a big piece. If they don't trade Bauer, then I think it'll be a smaller piece. But I think they look to get better off on offense, as they know that their part, starting pitching staff is good—is more than good enough to take them where they want to go.
1: Yeah, and then we we don't. Uh Talk about Mike Trout uh, on this show much, just because he's so good. And there's, I mean, we just know he's he's so great. And uh, thirty four home runs this season. Yeah, you look at the month of July that he's had uh, two ninety six batting average, twelve home runs, twenty eight runs batted in. Still a few days left in yeah. in July. I mean, what more could you say about Trout? Just you, you hope that the Angels would surround him with some decent players where the guy could uh, you know win a World Series before he retires. Still plenty of time, but just want to see him have a nice supporting cast there. I mean, he's, he's just an absolute
2: god. Uh, and just a shame. The Angels. We were all talking about them. Oh, they got back in the playoff race, and then you've lost three straight to Baltimore. Ouch. <laughs> talk okay, about back right? to reality, real quick. How, you, that can That just can't happen. You can't be losing three straight to Baltimore at right.
1: home. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll switch it back to, to some fantasy football talk. Listening to uh, weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The jug leader, George Kurtz. Take
2: this broken
1: way.
2: Welcome back, weekend fantasy update. Little Peter Gabriel shocked the monkey. Never really knew what that meant. Shocked the monkey. Hmm. I'm sure it's something. All right. (laughs) It certainly doesn't sound good. It certainly doesn't sound good. But something that does sound good... uh Mr. Galena, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Here's how it works. One, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Two, make a deposit. Three, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility, restrictions apply.
1: See website for details. All right. So in the last segment, we were talking a little uh, fantasy uh, baseball. And the one thing we didn't mention, and we're going to get to uh, the uh, Broncos backfield, a little uh, Broncos preview as well. uh, uh, So uh, now that uh, I I know what you're going to say to me as soon as I ask this question, but uh, who takes over as the Marlins closer uh, at this stage? Uh, And you're probably going to say, you know, who cares how many games they're going to win anyway. But uh, what do you think? That it would be the correct response there. Uh, it's probably
2: Nick Anderson. I mean, mm-hmm. so if, if you're in a league where every save matters, and let's face it, there are some leagues. I say that more as a joke sometimes because sure. uh, I feel, I'm fully aware that every save does matter in most leagues. But mm-hmm. uh, Nick Anderson is the guy I expect to cl- take over the closing role. I think that's the guy we're assuming here. But once again, you got about 60 games left, they might win 15, 20 of them. Mm, how many saves you're expecting there? And he may not be the full-time closer. So keep that in mind. When Fab tonight, you need a closer,
1: don't bid more than a couple of bucks for Nick Anderson. Mm-hmm. But you know somebody will, because anytime that uh, there's, a, there's a closer available, the, you know everyone goes nuts. But at this stage of the game, I'm sure there are a lot of people who've exhausted a lot of their Fab uh, bucks too. So maybe you get a break that way.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know That's why you look, your, uh, you look in your league. They see who, else, mm-hmm. who has money. You know, who else needs saves? Are they going to bid? How much do you think they'll bid? You're playing that game. But keep in mind, one thing that's sort of unfair, uh, unless there are other deals that happen today, before your fair runs tonight, more closers will be dealt. And so the, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is there'll be more openings this week. Louis Castillo right. could be dealt from the Reds. You know, oh, there'll be an opening there. Felipe Vasquez could be dealt from the Pirates. There's always a chance Kirby Yates gets dealt from the Padres. I don't think so, but a chance. What I'm trying to say is I don't think Roma will be the last current closer. Who'll be dealt and may not close for his new team? Now Romo, you probably got lucky. He actually might close for his new team. You know the Twins, that they're, they're a mess. There are a lot of guys who could possibly close there. And I also, I listen. I'm not so sure what Twins are done. By the way, <laughs> I wouldn't shock if they acquire somebody else as well. But I got to think they're uh, they're going to look very hard at acquiring a starting pitcher also.
1: Mhm. Yep, yep. Uh, got to fight off those Indians. Uh, so yeah, just uh, before we move over to football, so just to, let's take a look here uh at the the standings in, in baseball. You got the Yankees uh who've uh, been faltering against the uh, the Red Sox. George, you remember the uh, the Boston Massacre uh of 1978 when the you know the Yankees ha- had they were what 14 and a half games out in June or something it was like 13, that. 13 and, they, and a half. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden uh, I think it was like Late August, maybe early September, they had that four-game series in Fenway Park, and they just demolished the the Red Sox. But, uh, yeah, just, you know. Good times. So the Yankees have an eight-game lead over the Red Sox, who now uh, are one of the American League uh, wildcard teams. Tampa Bay, eight and a half out. They're a half game out of the uh, American League wildcard. You mentioned that the Twins, uh, the Indians have cut into their lead. The Indians are just a game behind the uh, Twins in the AL Central. Uh, but uh, the Indians are the uh, one of the wild card uh, teams in the AL, and uh, Oakland eight games behind Houston, but they are the uh, AL's wild card right now. And then looking at the NL, you have uh, Atlanta Braves with a comfortable six and a half game lead over the Nationals, but the Nationals are uh, one of the NL wild card uh, teams, and the uh, e- e- Phillies. I almost call them the Eagles. They're uh, game back in the wild card, uh, and uh, St. Louis, like you mentioned, a very hot team, one of the hottest teams in baseball. Baseball, if not the hottest team of baseball, Uh, in first place. They have a game lead in the NL Central over the Cubs and the Brewers, who are both uh, wild card teams in the NL, and uh, no one's catching the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers are uh, have a 15 and a half game lead over both the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco Giants, who both are just two and a half games behind in the uh, wild card, So it'll be interesting to see you know, wh- how Arizona and San Francisco, uh, what they do during this uh, leading up to the trade deadline.
2: It will be. Uh, we've heard uh, yesterday reports coming out that Arizona has had that come-to-Jesus moment, and they are sellers that they will sell uh, Ray. They'd like to trade Greinke. I don't see that happening. He's owed $84 million from this point forward. Uh, that would be a tough sell. And Greinke also has, what, half the league on his no-trade list, and he's also had anxiety issues. Uh, he's a, I think he's a Hall of Famer. You look at his numbers and realize something the other day. But you look at it sometimes he's probably a Hall of Famer. But uh, trading for him is going to be difficult to say the least as far as that contract is concerned. Uh, Robbie Ray's a more likely target for teams uh, as far as wanting to acquire a pitcher. Uh, He's not in the same category as the other guys we've discussed. He's more of a three, maybe a possible two for you, but not an ace. He's a high strikeout guy, but he also has problems with the home run. Then again, who doesn't this year? Uh, That's Mm -hmm. baseball for you. Uh, The Giants, I don't think they're going to trade Bumgarner now. I think they were reluctant to do it anyway because he's their legacy guy. I think this is kind of stupid, mind you. For a team that has had success in the recent past, so they're not some they're not this team that oh, okay we gotta get the playoffs no matter what it'll be you know re-energize the fan base and all this da 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 they're not that kind of team they've been in the playoffs before you know they can once again have that come to Jesus moment and realize all right we know we're not that good we're doing what we're is right now where we, we, we I don't know how we're doing it but we're doing it if we trade Bumgardner we trade Will Smith. My God, we can really jumpstart this rebuild. We can get top prospects back, and they could if they went that direction. Bumgarner is starting to look like the Bumgarner of old here again. You know, Will Smith, left-handed dominant reliever. Teams would be lining up around the block trying to get him. You know, they trade these guys. You know, I, I would move them. You know, I would move them. And with Bumgarner, let's face it, you want him back. He's only going to be gone three months. Sign him back in the offseason. season and you'll get him back. The fans would understand that. Most fans, anyway. You know, there's always a chance that Bum, wherever Baumgartner goes, you know, he goes to—I don't know—he goes to Boston. That he loves it there, he doesn't want to come back. But that would seem unlikely. It would just seem mm-hmm. unlikely. I, I think a team would realize mm, he's probably not coming back, and uh, for the amount of money he might want, you know, it may not matter anyway. He'd probably get the most money from the Giants because once again, legacy guy going back home would be a big story there. So if I'm a Giants, I, I had that. You know, come to Jesus moment, I realize I'm I'm not a World Series contender this year. I don't have to make the playoffs. It's not like the GM has to make the playoffs to save his job. You know, if our heat is his job is secure, you know, doesn't have to worry about that. I would be thinking long term here. I'd be moving them, but they haven't made that declaration yet. My guess is today, Monday, and Tuesday will determine what they what
1: they're gonna do. Mm just got a, a strange notification on my phone uh, coming from uh, the score. I don't know if you have that app but uh, you know we were talking about the Mets and the Mets uh, looking like they might be sellers you know, at this trade deadline. The well, Mets sudden, can make up their more... mind. Yeah. Uh, they're pursuing uh, Arizona Diamondbacks left-hander Robbie Ray. Team sent executive Ruben Amaro Jr. to scout the All-Star according to Andy Martino of SNY. What the heck is going on? <laughs> I think,
2: I'm not, that's not a joke. The Mets can't make up their mind what they want to do here. One minute they mm-hmm. think uh, they're out. Next minute they think they're in. I mean, once again, it's no team. Come to Jesus moment. It's not happening. All right, Trinity. Uh, really, I think the Mets are only what seven games out of a wild card, maybe six. Six. So probably you got to hop? Six, up. Yes, it's you got to hop up with six teams. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to do. Your team's been extremely inconsistent all year long. I mean. Everything's telling you to, to to deal and build, but they don't want to do it because once again they're admitting all the mistakes they made, uh, Brody. Mm-hmm. And it's once again human nature comes into this all the time in baseball. They don't want to admit they 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 screwed things up. You know we shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that, but we did. Uh, let's go for broke anyway. You know that sort of thing. If you're not gonna re-sign Zach Wheeler, or at least not making a competitive. A competitive offer to resign him, which it seems like they're not, then you should be dealing him. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be eating it and uh, you know, not making right. the playoffs, not signing Zach Wheeler, and not getting anything in return. That would seem to be silly uh, to me, but the Mets seem like they're going to head in that, in that direction. Uh, hey, maybe the Mets can stay in. Maybe they do make the playoffs, and this all goes you know, off of a naught. But if I'm the Mets, I, I probably don't trade Thor, You know, unless that offer is overwhelming, but I'm trading Zach Wheeler. I'm not, I'm not going to take a chance that I get nothing
1: for a player. Mm-hmm. yeah good point very good point you know i keep wanting to go back to football, but baseball keeps on dragging us back in. So uh, I'll bring up a couple of players that might be – I want to get your opinion on them uh, basically off the waiver wire. But before I do that, so I know that, uh, you know, in the past we've talked about your strategy when it comes to uh, fantasy baseball, and then, you know, you usually look at uh, Memorial Day, and then you look at your team on July 4th, and you kind of make evaluations at that point. But now as we head to, you know, let's say uh, is the – July trade deadline, another uh, time where you, you you know, you take a good look at your team, you know, because now the in, in leagues, in fantasy leagues, you know, in a few couple of weeks, uh, in many of them, uh, the trade deadlines can expire in your fantasy league. So what's your strategy at this point of the season? Uh, you know, and then you also have the thing where, hey, if you're a diligent fantasy baseball player, you might have some, some guys and gals that might, Turn their shift their focus from the fantasy baseball team to the fantasy football team. So, so, give it give us a little insight into the, the mind of, of George Kurtz. General <laughs> those Colonel, are all valid George points. Kurtz, <laughs> those are all valid points, by the way.
2: You are going to have some owners who are going to start to lose interest in baseball a little bit because they're paying attention to fantasy football. We do see that, mm-hmm. we see that a lot. Uh, once again, those owners maybe already be out of it, but there will be other owners who make mistakes as well who uh, forget, you know, oh, fab's running tonight. The the most important thing about the uh, the deadline is, hey, know when it is in your league. You know, in my my home league, it's uh, uh, this week uh, uh, at the end of a deadline, so whatever next Sunday is, Uh, third. You know, it runs the the Sunday after the Major League Baseball deadline, which is what I really what I think it should be in most leagues. Uh, I don't like the leagues that go to mid-August, something like that. It's like six weeks up in the season. I mean, maybe less, depending if you don't count the last couple of weeks. So I found that to be silly. I think it should be the Sunday after the Major League Baseball deadline, mainly because you should have an opportunity to fix your team. If certain players got traded to players that aren't going teams that aren't going to help your team, and vice versa, you know, so I think mm-hmm. that should uh, that's the way it should be. If you're in an only league, well, then the trade deadline is immensely important, right? Because you, you may lose players, which I I hate. If you're in an AL only or an NL only league, you know, just for argument's sake, you know, I'm in an AL only league. Uh, I have I have Aaron Judge. He gets traded to the Dodgers, and you're in a, that, that means you can't you lose Judge. You don't get his points for the rest of the year. Hmm. I think that is so unfair. So unfair. Yes. I did nothing Mm -hmm. wrong. I lose the player. What? You know, I I think once again, you get the uh, you get the points. If you're in a keeper league, you lose judges points next year. Yes, I'm fine with that. But for this year, you shouldn't be penalized for that. But I know leagues that actually tough shit. Hey, you lost them. Yeah, that's a big zero you're taking, you've got to replace them. that's that's awful. I mean, that's that's just brutal to be in those sorts of leagues. So that and, but it could also be the reverse. You know, in those only leagues, generally we're waiting for a player to get traded from one league to the next. That's why you're trying to save as much as your fab as possible during the year, because you're you're thinking, Okay, that superstar is going from one league to the next and I'm gonna get that player. You know, maybe Bumgartner goes from the National League to the American League and you're gonna spend a fortune trying to get him. You know, or Edwin Diaz right. gets traded from the Mets to an American League team, and now you got your closer because you can spend to get them. It's a uh, very strategic going on here right now. I mean, as far as strategy, it's not much I'm worried about. I don't play in, in any only leagues this season, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, everything's pretty much business as normal. I am paying attention to the deadline. If a player, you know, goes from Colorado, I have a Colorado player, and he gets traded from Colorado to, you know, uh, Oakland, well, that would sort of suck, right? I go from the greatest hitters ballpark in the game to. One of the best pitches parks. I assume that's going mm-hmm. to hurt me, you know that sort of thing. You might go have a player, Romo. you could have, could have been a good example who's a closer and now is, may or may not close. I may have just lost mm-hmm. saves, or you may gain saves. You know now you got to pay attention tonight and probably next week to the new save opportunities that open up. There are always things I pay attention to because there'll be no more. There'll be more openings happening after the deadline. You know when a player gets traded to a team. Well, that means somebody on that team lost a job probably. So that player's not playing now, but on the, on the player that got traded from the team, a job may have opened. Right? So, go, who's going to replace him? It does that give me an opportunity? If you're in a deeper league, that could be an opportunity now to, to go out and grab somebody. If you're in a first come, first right. serve league, you know, where a lot of us, like I do play in a couple of first-come, 1st first serve leagues. Well, I'll be paying attention to that deadline very much and being at my computer, knowing, okay, this player just got traded, bam, I'm going to grab this guy because he's going to start now for the team that the player got traded from. You have to know those sort of mm-hmm. things and be able to play that game. So uh, the trade deadline is fun in that way if you're at your computer. You know, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the deadline, 4 p.m. You know, from 2 to 4 is when mm-hmm. a lot of these deals are going to happen it going be last-minute right. deals, and I'll be at my computer waiting to to snipe certain players. It's just the way the game is played. I'm going to want to make sure I grab mm-hmm. that player first if I, have an, uh, if I have a need, an opening. And it's really more, for me, this season, like any of stolen bases are always an issue for me because I don't really draft them, uh, but also saves. I'm having pro- Even though I'm the closer guy, I'm having problems with saves in a few leagues. This has been a brutal year. I've lost quite a few of my closers, so I'm waiting for that closer to be traded from one team and then pick up the the next guy in line there, you know, to see if that Mm -hmm. happens. So if it doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed, but
1: I think it's going to happen on two or three teams. All right. All right. Good stuff uh, from George. Uh, let me just bring up uh, we have less than two minutes, but uh, two bats that uh, it, it might be interesting and might be kind of pick them up while they're hot kind of guys. You have uh, uh, Orioles outfielder Anthony Santander. Uh, if you look at his uh, last 17 games, batting 356 with four home runs, 17 runs batted in. And uh, Josh Van Meter from the Reds, uh, when you look at what he's uh, been doing, so uh, batting. Three thirteen has uh, got four home runs and ten uh, runs batted in. Been hot as of late. Any interest in you know taking these guys, picking these guys up off the waiver wire, kind of like while they're hot, especially uh, if the Reds are that's sellers. What, that's what they
2: are. They pick up while they're hot, guys. Mm-hmm. Guys, you're gonna want to release two weeks from now. So if you're gonna pick them up, it's no more than a dollar or two tonight. Uh, not guys I'm going out of my way for. Uh, Santana, we've seen this before. We liked him earlier in the year, too. He cooled off. Now we like him again. There's <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. We do that all the time, picking up guys who are hot. But you need to be fully aware not to spend a fortune tonight and that you're going to want to release
1: him two weeks from now. Absolutely. Okay, when we come back, back to fantasy football. Also talk about a new league that the folks at Razball created. Fun stuff. We'll be back with more. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.